Welcome to the Restless Midlifer podcast, helping you get life back on your terms and recapture that spirit of adventure. Hi and welcome to episode 65 of the Restless Midlifer. Now, this is another one where I reshare an earlier episode of the podcast back when it was called The Sprout Sweater. And the reason I'm sharing these is two reasons. One, I feel that um, these are foundational to particularly the last few episodes where I talk about midlife reshaping, regaining our health in midlife. And I talk about some of these and refer to the concepts that I've mentioned and explored in more detail in these episodes. This one is episode um, 11 from the, the Sprout Sweater podcast before it was renamed Midlife, uh, sorry, Restless Midlifer. Um, and in this, I talk about habit formation and why and how working on the small, the sprout size, as I tend to use as the metaphor, is the key to success. Now, I won't steal the thunder of the actual recording, so I'll leave it to that to explain. But it's the Sprout Sweater approach. That's why the podcast was named the Sprout Sweater in the first place. The reason I've changed it is because the Sprout Sweating is the how, the midlifer, the restless midlifer is the who, who it applies to and who can use this approach. Anybody can use this approach, actually. But my particular audience of people who I tend to connect with more because of my own position and my own, I guess, sharing of experiences is the restless midlifer. So in the podcast, I share about the, the importance of sprout-sized small goals and habits, uh, small habits, sorry, and how they, by sweating those habits daily or every other day or more regularly, we can achieve great things and embed some real foundational sustainable habits. So let me know your thoughts or questions or feedback by emailing me dave at restlessmidlifer.com. And just as I've done the last few weeks, just to let you know, I have launched the Midlife Reshape Academy over at midlifereshape.com. Um, and that's born out of working with a lot of clients over the last few years in that rekindling of that sense of adventure in midlife. What I have found is a, pr is a priority that's almost universal across um, my clients and myself is this desire to regain health and to battle the voices that say it's too late, you're too old to, you're past it, and actually to prove out to ourselves that that's not the case, that actually we can more than regain health, we can achieve a level of health, energy, um, and perhaps lose that weight or even achieve weight loss that might never have achieved in the past using the Sprout Sweater approach. But there have been some great results achieved within my clients, um, by my clients. And what I've done is I've captured the essence and the approach, the, the things that have worked, the research that I've done, the, res the research that I've done, but the research I've done of the people who do the key research out there in relation to eating behaviors, um, you know, how to put habits into place for fitness and health, uh, how to deal with the narratives and the stories that we tell ourselves in, in our head that can get in the way, and how do we just build foundational, strong, sustainable, healthy habits. Uh, so hop on over to um, the midlife, sorry, midlifereshape.com to learn more and check out some of the client case studies and testimonials. Take care for now. Hope you were able to make last week's journey where we delved into the world of goals and how we can make use of them more effectively to frame our lives and give us a direction of travel. This week, I want to explore how habits can be a powerful key to getting us moving and keeping us on track as we move in the direction of our life vision. Why a habit? Well, habits form the foundation of a vast majority of our behaviour. In a future episode, I'm speaking with Dr. Simon Raybould and we explore how the mind relies on schema and scripts to run our day-to-day -day behaviour without relying on our conscious mind, which, let's face it, has enough to deal with, doesn't it? 
Watch out for episode 12 for that one. But for now, let's park the more technical terms like schema and scripts and consider why. If you're seeking to achieve a particular goal, such as running a 10K or losing a bit of weight or pursuing a promotion ambition, habits are the key to success. Don't know about you, but I was probably more aware of my habits in life because of my bad habits, uh, the ones I routinely found myself engaging in rather than you know, having an abundance of the good ones. I was only too aware that I drank more alcohol than was healthy because of my habit to flop onto the couch after a busy day with a bottle of lager in hand. My regular visits to the fridge to establish what chocolate treat I would get to know intimately were clearly rooted in habit. And don't get me started on my biscuit consumption habit. Suffice to say that if anyone, usually me, brought a packet of Viennese whirls into the house, they really didn't get an opportunity to cower in their packets for long before I put them out of their misery. To be fair, I saw it as a bit of a kindness, to be honest. But good habits, Hmm. well, that's a different matter. Brushing my teeth? Yeah, okay, fair enough. But exercise? Hmm. Healthy eating? Hmm. Financial management? (sighs) I was nothing, I guess, if not consistently inconsistent in my application of good practice. And to be fair, it's a wonder I am the weight I am and not heavier, and that I'm still in business despite my best efforts. I've survived, and I have to be thankful for that. And I guess I have the regular inconsistent work to thank for something at least. But joking aside, I would say that inconsistency was a sign of my all-or-nothing approach to everything. As I've mentioned before, that mindset usually results in in more nothing than all, to be honest. But when I went all-in, I committed, and the results came. The trouble was, it wasn't consistent, and it was sporadic. Now, does that sound familiar? And have you ever embarked on yet another fitness plan or diet or gone in all in on preparation and planning, perhaps even buying new plastic tubs to store all those slices and cucumber you'll bulk prepare every week or bought an entire new exercise kit or fancy piece of equipment only to find that you don't sustain it all well and good. But the question is, have you sustained it or has happened so often and has so many times in my own life? Have you maintained it with laser focus and even gargantuan effort for an impressively long period of time, pushing back the demands of your existing life like Moses parting and holding back the water, only for it to crash back to its previous ways in a heartbeat? If that's been you, then I feel you, I do. It's It's been a pattern based on the stories I've told myself about me and that I've bought into about success, you know, that massive action, think big, no pain, no gain, etc., etc. I bought that for so much of my life. And it served me at times, and I'm not, not totally knocking it. In fact, it speaks volumes f- for our capacity as human beings for vision, motivation, drive, determination, and sheer pig-headedness, to be honest. It speaks volumes about that innate strength that you have within you. And if this is you, you're anything but weak. You are lacking in willpower. You have masses of it. The trouble is we direct that potential in misguided ways. We deny reality and that's the crucial point. We deny real life and the demands of life. I don't know about you, but if I didn't have to make a living or be a parent, partner, family member, friend, that methodology would probably serve me well. Maybe that's why it worked in my younger days, you know, the days when I had nothing but me to worry about. I didn't have this thing called a real life sticking its sodden ore in and, and reminding me I had responsibilities. But now I'm older and wiser. Well, older anyway. And I guess I guess I've learned some things along the way. I've learned actually that making change that lasts rests in developing habits, growing to them to the point of being able to run on their own and then building on them. See, habits are a bit like the life raft for our new way of living working towards that goal. 
And the good news is we don't even need a life raft yet. We need one of those floats. I don't know if you remember from swimming lessons at school, those little polystyrene floaty things that used to have, they used to chuck in and it was just enough to keep your head above water and give you a chance to start kicking and moving and raise your confidence and allow you to develop those formative fledgling skills. Incidentally, remember those bricks, those grey bricks that we had in swimming, you know, the ones you had to dive down and retrieve them as part of your bronze swimming level. Anyway, those bricks are a bit like the bad habits, I guess, except we hang on to them, don't we? We can't let them go and they drag us back down. I'll spend an episode or several on that topic, breaking bad habits in the future, but back to forming the good habits and the little floats. This brings me back to the title of the podcast, The Sprout Sweater. Over the years, I've come to realise the power of the sprout. The small in not only coping with the big stuff, you know, slicing the cabbages down, chunking them into sprout-sized chunks, and then sweating those sprouts. I covered that in last week's episode. But in starting to shift our behaviour towards something more positive. There's lots of research in relation to making and breaking habits. And one aspect I'm particularly excited about is the power of the small, or as BJ Fogg puts it, tiny habits. Indeed, he has a book with that title. Check it out. It's really useful. What excites me is that as busy people, which most of us no doubt are, we can actually divide out the behaviour from the habit. Now, I'm not not talking about separating the two totally. Obviously, they go together. But about recognising that habit formation in itself is a distinct element of behaviour change and one that can start and indeed thrive at the level of the small, at the level of the sprout. What do I mean? Well, I guess an example might be useful. So let's say, let's say you want to get more active in life. That's kind of the bigger vision, if you like. And the goal you have set yourself is to do a bunch of air squats. Um, They're a bit like air guitar in that you squat without carrying any weight other than your own body weight. Okay, so firstly, let's assume you can't even do one. It's just, it's something we can't do. We have, we've been inactive for long enough and getting down on our honkers um, that's the full bend where your bum touches your ankles, is, uh, is, is, impossible our our mobility may be limited so in comes the power of the small rather than focusing on the goal say to do 50 air squats in a row that's a bit of a leg burner if there ever was one we focus on the habit formation and in crossfit terms we scale down the action to the smallest we can more comfortably do so maybe one air squat where we can bend our legs to uh, to a little bit lower and maybe lower the body five inches or down to a chair or to the bed. That's where we could start. One, nothing more. One sprout-sized action. But when and how do we remember to do it? And then how do we build on it? Well, here's where BJ Fogg's tiny habit methodology comes in. We need a motivation, a reason why. So that's last week's episode. I covered that off around, you know, what's the goal and how does it fit in the vision of life? Developing our why. Why go for it? this particular goal? Why choose this particular goal? Then we need a prompt. And this is a critical thing. And the prompt can be a number of things, but the best one is a pre-existing habitual activity. Something we already do daily and without thinking. So let's keep the example simple. Maybe after putting down the toothbrush, after brushing our teeth, then we have the action, the one half squat. So we have the motivation, the prompt and the action. What we need to do then is just rehearse it a few times to get more familiar with it and create a bit of a groove for the habit to to be off and running. So we rehearse that. We pick up the toothbrush, put it down, do the squat. Pick up the toothbrush, put it down, do the squat. Pick up the toothbrush, put it down, do the squat. We repeat so that we start to get the habit formed at a basic level. And then we're off to the races. And Without forgetting one key ingredient, I have to say, and this is something that BJ Fogg asserts is... Crucial, actually, and often overlooked and undervalued, is to celebrate when we do complete the habit. No matter how small, we have a little celebration. And that could be just a little silent, 
yes, a fist pumped or whatever. Something that does it for you. It could be very overstated or it could be really understated, but celebrating builds that positive affect, that link between the habit and the result and builds our motivation. So what next? Well, we repeat. The next time you put down the toothbrush, we repeat the action and celebrate. And if you feel like it, you can add another one and build up. But the key is to keep the goal, i.e. the intention, small. I will do one, at least one only. And here's where I remind you that the behaviour and the habit formation can be kind of separated, if you like. There'll be some days where you may not feel like doing those five squats, or you just haven't got time. You may have built up to five squats and and you just don't have time. Or simply put, you just cannot be faffed. In that case, the all or nothing thinkers of us may then fall off the habit wagon. (laughs) But not the sprout sweaters, not us sprout sweaters. Here's where we may give ourselves permission to sack off the behavior for the day, but ensure that failing all else, we put a pin in the habit, i.e. we honor the habit. In other words, we protect the habit by doing one squat only to whatever depth we see fit and then move on with the celebration. One or two things may happen if we do that. We've put the pin in the habit and one or two things may happen. We may end up doing a few more squats, squats after all, but if not, we have protected the habit. We have ensured it has its place in our day and it will be there to return to next time we brush our teeth and feel like doing more. The reality is keeping it small not only protects the habit, but often leads to to a real incremental improvement over time and can have a psychological boost too. It's it's a new story we could tell ourselves that even though I f- don't feel like doing X, Y, and Z, I still did the habit. And that's the key part. Thank you for listening. You will find all show notes, links, and resources mentioned at restlessmidlifer.com. And why not spread the word? If you know a fellow restless midlifer, share the show and the links. And if you haven't already, subscribe to it in your podcast feed of choice. And one more thing, if you enjoy the show, it would be great if you could rate it by visiting restlessmidlifer.com forward slash review. It would mean a lot. And I may even give you a shout out in return. And a quick final thanks to my production assistant, Karen North of North VA, and for the music, which is called Silver Star by the awesome Logan Nicholson of Music for Makers. Check out musicformakers.com. Take care for now. And don't forget, you really can live a less stressful, much healthier and more meaningful midlife. Go re-adventure.